Well, good morning out there in Radio Land. Yes, I'm old enough to say Radio Land. Uh, somebody said the other day, only older people could say Radio Land. I said, well, I have enough gray hair to say it then, so I say it. Uh, this is Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023, and it is a blessing, a joy, and an honor to be with you all this morning. Every day from 7, every weekday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time, we're with you guys, and we appreciate you giving us your ear, whether it's in your car, at your workplace, at your place of business, wherever it's at, we are honored and we are humbled by your all's generosity, uh, your support, your prayers, your encouragement. Um, we love you guys tremendously, and we're excited for this morning. We got Miss Hannah and Miss Jamie in the house so far. How are you all doing? Doing good. Doing well. Mm, oh, doing I guess good. if I learn my right and left, so it'd be good. Um, <laughs> I guess I still got to do the thing. Let's see. L. Okay. Anybody ever seen Jamie's that? Jamie's the same way. <laughs> Jamie's like, wait a second. What's this? Don't let her fool you. <laughs> Oh, I, we, we used to tell our kids, you know, if you hang, which one makes an L and that's your left hand. Um, if, well, y'all can't really see dyslexic. us doing this. Unless they're dyslexic. There's this. And so then it's, then it's backwards. Um, and so, but it is good day to be alive. It's raining in the, it's raining in the natural and we pray it rains in the spiritual. Amen. Come amen. on, Jamie. I know I get amen out of you. Hey, Jamie can sing, let it rain. Let it rain. Let's hear it. Yeah. Last time you said, let it rain. It really started raining. Yeah. But the problem is, please don't do that when I'm on the tractor in the middle of the field, <laughs> especially a tractor I can outrun. <laughs> And so, yeah, that, uh, literally that night that you were singing "Let It Rain," the next day it rained so much, and yeah. we got drenched. Power in the life, power in life. You need to, um, you need to specify <laughs> that. Hey, you need to say "Let It Rain," except for when Aaron's on the tractor in the middle of the field. All right. Um, I don't know if God works with exceptions. Maybe he does. I, I would. I, I'm looking for scripture. Um, I'm gonna find it. But now Jacob Swift is on his way. He had to take care of some um, work-related stuff before he headed in this morning, and so we'll we'll have him in a few minutes. And um, just excited to be with you guys again this morning. We've got two days. Two days. Friday night. You better, ladies. You better be marking your calendar. Yes. Um, Hannah and Jamie's really not excited. I haven't yeah. I haven't seen them excited <laughs> at all about it. And. I told them that, you know, y'all should be a little bit more excited than this. We're like, ah, it'd be all right. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. They are, they're ecstatic. Uh, so many ladies are ecstatic. That is this Friday night, 6 o'clock p.m. All of the explosion happens then. <laughs> it's going to be amazing in the spirit what's going to happen. Yes, we're Friday so night, excited. 6, Saturday night at 4. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Megan Fortner is going to be with us on the radio on Friday. Um um, it's just going to be a great weekend. Great weekend. Yeah. And if anyone is listening, um, that wants to help or serve any ladies, um, with bringing some food, um, just going to kind of give you an overview. Friday night will be more lighter finger food, stuff like that. Um, and then, so if you want to bring anything, uh, desserts that are finger foods or, um, little snacks, um, chips, you know, fruits, veggies, whatever you think, whatever you like to make. Um, but Friday night will be lighter. Um, and then Saturday will be a full meal. So if you have like a special side dish you like to make on Saturday, feel free to bring that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it'll go. Hmm. Cheesecake. <laughs> if anybody wants be to bring nice. a cheesecake to those who are doing childcare, um, <laughs> we would be more than appreciative. And so... Um, 
you know, I like cheesecake with no toppings, just plain cheesecake. But every once in a while, I have seen it with a caramel drizzle, and that's pretty solid. Have you ever had cheesecake with a caramel <laughs> yes. drizzle? Oh, yeah. Um, there's just so many things that's heavenly. And, um, you know, I just, I like to partake in God's goodness. <laughs> and I think that cheesecake's part of that God's goodness. Mm -hmm, yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> it is going to be a great night, though. It really is. It's going to be a great, great weekend. Uh, so all of the action starts Friday night on, I mean, Friday morning on the radio. And then Friday night, 6 o'clock p.m., Saturday, 4 o'clock p.m., we are literally going to do a rising a rising remnant of women drinking coffee with Jesus. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's what that's what the conference should have been. Like that's it. A rising remnant of women drinking co coffee with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's a very catchy title. Now it's going to be a big banner. Uh, a little bit of a mouthful, but <laughs> I do like it. I like it. Now be with us next weekend for a rising remnant of women drinking coffee with Jesus. All right, see you can pull that off. You yeah. can really pull that off, yeah. um, but it is going to be, it's going great. I know. I'm so excited for you all. I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm just doing childcare, uh, but my name's not in the, the title. That, that takes liability off of me. Um, I don't have responsibility to that point because it's really the Joe and Joey daycare. Um, and it's not the Joe, Joey, and Aaron because that just doesn't fit. <laughs> and so it's Joe and Joey. And they're going to do great. I know they are. I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to observe, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how the masters do it. <laughs> and I will learn for next time. And so, but Friday night, Saturday night, make plans. Come on out. Um, we've got a slew of VBSs coming up locally. And so tomorrow morning, I promise you, I will get everybody's VBS that I can possibly can. And we'll just have a VBS day talking about VBSs mm -hmm. for five minutes. So everybody's yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. I don't have it all together yet. Because when I say there's several, there's several. And I don't want to miss one. So this afternoon, sometimes I'll take time to search the local churches around here. And Highsville, Glasgow, listeners over that area, if you all got some VBSs for me to announce, please don't hesitate. In Owensboro, do the same thing. Owensboro, let us know some of your VBSs. We want to announce this for you. We want to get these words out for you. Um, again, we apologize about George Whitten yesterday um, not being able to connect. It's every time with him. He even called me last night, and I missed the call and still haven't been able to reconnect with him. So it's just something about his phone. The enemy does not want this. Um, the one that, you know, we, we have several people that will call in worldwide or other things like that, and but for some reason George's phone is always the roughest to get connected to, and, and he's always one of my favorites to talk to. He has I so know. much. Um, so much insight. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially, I love especially concerning Israel. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I, I appreciate, well, he lived there, technically, so he kind of knows a lot going on, but he don't talk, he don't talk about it in a way that he ignores the issues, mm -hmm. but he also, he also never trashes them either, like he, he gives where it's at in biblical prophecy, what to expect, some insight going on behind the scenes, and uh, I guess the word, if we're going to be trying to more elegant with our speech, is insightful. Yeah. He's very insightful. Very insightful, yeah. yeah. How's that for big words on Wednesday morning? Wednesday words. Wednesday. We should have a thing. Wednesday, Wednesday words with Aaron. Wednesday words of wisdom. <laughs> well, uh, I gotta learn how to pronunciate first. Uh, still struggling with that part sometimes. Wednesday words of Wilson. There you go. <laughs> www. Words, <laughs> words with Wilson. <laughs> All right. Um, it's a www. Mornings of Box Two Radio broadcast. I don't know if I want to say words of Wilson, but probably words 
from Wilson. There we go. Uh, words attempted by Aaron. <laughs> That's kind of what it's called. W A um, A. <laughs> wow. W A A. Words wow. attempted by Aaron. Because you know, if it's like a two-letter word or something like that, you don't have to put that in the title, right? Like, if it's yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was if thinking. It's those little, what, what are those words called? Conjunctions? I don't know. Conjunctions? No, conjunctions would be and, than, but. But well, those are little words. I feel like you wouldn't have had. Well, conjunctions. Two, would, oh, prepositions would be two and. With, well, yeah, because it's given position mm-hmm. of with the no, <laughs> not the uh, of with. Um, Man, Miss Jerry's sitting there going, what are y'all talking about? I know she's listening right now, and she's kind of just got her hand in her forehead going, oh, brother. Uh, <laughs> There's another word I'm looking for, and I will find it, but prepositions would be, this is the way I learned it, any direction that you can go. Mm-hmm. So above, under. Yep. Um, above the table. Below the sea. But it's also like, I think from and different things i don't know we'll we'll get better with our grandma. we will arise above the temptation <laughs> Amen. the prepositional phrase is above the temptation oh my okay. god because you got the object of preposition temptation the preposition itself above does the article so above how's this for grammar how oh, about that okay this does say two is a preposition yeah because it'd be position by is a preposition yeah, we got it. How about that? We did something right. <laughs> Man, we're getting better at this radio thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is surely in this place. All right. Um, <clears throat> and so it's it's just good. I love I love this weekend. I love VBSs. Uh, I will. We got one coming up here at Bethel. As far as I understand, um, Heather said Heather corrected me. This will be the second one we've done. In 42 years, this will be the second time we've done a VBS. Because we do so much with the school and the ranch and everything else with kiddos. Um, but this year, we it was awesome. We had, you know, it was awesome to see we probably had 35 or 40 people stick after. Would you all say that? Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just taking I don't. I'm horrible about counting stuff, so I don't know. Uh, I'm just going by how many pizzas I ordered and how much was ate. There was nothing left. So uh, only 40 people could do that. But <laughs> it was it was a great time, and people was hungry to serve and get in there and help yeah. the kiddos. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that were wanting to serve that couldn't stay for that meeting after church Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so we're really excited about what God's going to do here on our VBS. But also I'm excited for every other church, that what God's going to do in their VBSs. And I love it because I don't think I've seen one church VBS that I've seen advertised align with another's. Like, uh, I'm sure it's going to happen eventually, but everything I've seen, not one of them's overlapping the other. So basically, parents out there listening, you can have your kids babysit it every night for free for the rest of summer by VBS <laughs> if you calculate correctly. All right? Really? <laughs> it's, honestly, you can. And so um, it's going to be good. Ours is not till the first week of August. And yes, people say, well, that's late for VBS. Well, we're kind of doubling up here. We're going to do a VBS, and then that Saturday we're going to do this huge commencement day where we send the kids off, and hallelujah, and we're going to have some, I think we're trying to have some water slides and bouncy houses and cookout, but then we're also, it's going to like a double for a back-to-school charge as well, so, because yeah. I think the next week, Brett County and our school and other people will be starting, I think Grayson may start the week before, but uh, they're not in school in the evening, so they can still come on out, And but it's going to be great, it's going to be awesome. But more than that, come tomorrow. We'll have a VBS corner tomorrow. How's that? 
Look at that. Look at this word. This term, this vault, this vote, it's just flowing out today. All right. VBS Corners tomorrow. Um, that's how we're starting the broadcast. The VBS Corner is happening tomorrow. Hey, we had, we saw some revival at the youth rally. Pray we see it at the VBS. Come on. See it with the adults at the conferences. That's right. Let's go. We're all coming together. One mind, one accord. That's right. Let's see here. Now, let's get in one mind and one accord over where we're at in John 11, because um, <laughs> did we just get one verse? Uh, <laughs> I think probably. we did. It was like one or two. All right. Um, I, don't, I, th- I don't think that – I think we just got where he aboted two more days. Yeah. And so now we're in verse 7. <clears throat> then after that saith he to his disciples, <laughs> let us go into Judea again. So Jesus heard that Lazarus is sick. He said, all right, Lazarus sick. I'm chilling out for two more days. And then he finally turned to the disciples and said, hey, let us go to Judea again. Judea? How's, how do you even say Judea? All right, Judea. Uh, Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not. Because he seeth the light of the world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. So he's telling them, hey guys, it's, got, it's time to go back to Judea. And they go, whoa, whoa, last time we went there, sir, I'm not trying to disrespect you. But they did try to kill you. You remember that? And Jesus said, good point. Let's not go. Right? No. Come on. Y'all got to catch. I got Jamie the other night at Bible study. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But he he actually said, are there not 12 hours in a day? And so, because they're like, you know, they're trying to kill you last time. And you're going to go there again. And then he says this. Like, if somebody said this to me, like, if we were going to go back to Africa and Hannah said, Aaron, last time you went, they tried to kill you. Good point. But honestly, probably the thing I'm going to return with her say, is there not 12 hours in a day? It's kind of like, in reality, um, Jesus deals with the question, but he doesn't, like, look at him and say, guys, stop. Like, I'm not scared of him. He just basically says, are there not 12 hours in a day? And for me, that's probably not, like, Initially, initially, that's probably not the best answer to the question. You ever thought about that? Like, what's that got to do with him killing you, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I would say that the disciples and Apollo, I'm just, I'm just trying to let them off the hook for three seconds because we're hard on them all the time. Um, Jesus answered questions with ways that probably would have made all of our heads scratch if we was actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jamie's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, looking in hindsight, we get to have, like, we're looking from 2020 vision forward, backwards. So we kind of know the big picture even when we're reading it. But here, they're like, uh, okay, what's 12 hours got to do with a day with them killing you? I'm not understanding. And I think this was, I'm not trying to say that, like, you know, they're okay or Jesus was like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. He's strategic, and he brings it around, but it's like, okay, there is 12 hours in a day. 
Are there not twelve hours in a day, basically daylight? And if any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. But if a man walk in night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. So, I think these are one of the things that's kind of like, by the Spirit, we have to see what he's really saying. Because on on the surface, it really doesn't make sense pertaining yeah. Pertaining to, with the context that they're talking yeah. about. He, okay, why are you talking about the day and night, Jesus? I mean, I just asked you, they tried to kill us last time, and now we're going back. <laughs> yeah. What he's really saying is this. If we learn to walk in the Father's light, we are not stumbling. But if we don't follow the Father, we will stumble. He's mm-hmm. telling me to go back there. He's t- He's saying, it's time to go back there. And I choose to walk in the day and not the night. Yeah. And Jesus was actually speaking to the fact that, yeah, they try to kill me. But when my dad tells me to go back, I'm not worried because I'm not going to stumble. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to stumble if I don't listen to my dad. Yeah, that's good. That's and, good. and and so <clears throat> that and I, I still think they're struggling to understand this. Because they never go, ah, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. And. Technically, um, they still struggle a little bit coming up. And we see the struggle. Because remember, he will tell us eventually that Lazarus' sickness is not unto death. We already know that part. But he will let us know it's for the glory of God that we may believe and see the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And we just see the struggle in not just Mary and Martha. We see the struggle in the disciples, the the Jews. The mourners, the people that attended the funeral, the people that's still mourning, because it we see the struggle in everybody, and we see at times the disappointment in Jesus, like you're still not getting it, and he even it's hard not to get ahead of it. He's even going to weep at one point, but he's not weeping over Lazarus; he's weeping over the people and their unbelief. And so this whole chapter, this whole chapter is really Lazarus is being used so that people's faith may grow and that if they would just believe, they would see the glory of God. And so in this regard, I think he's speaking in a way that he's trying to unlock their spiritual ear Mm. with this saying. But y'all got anything? Good? I'm... I'm trying to pause so y- y'all can talk if you want me to. I just talk. I just I get paid for it, so I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, he he's telling them, you know, again. You're teaching it well. Uh, you are. Come on. <clears throat> again, they're like, hey, Jesus, they're going to try to kill you. No, I'm okay because I'm walking the day. If you want to walk in the night, you can stumble. I'm not going to walk in the night. I'm going to walk in the day, and I'm not going to stumble because my dad's going to give me the light unto my path. His word is a light unto my path, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These things saith he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. See, the one thing that's significant that's going on behind the scenes is that Jesus always got a way to pray. Mm-hmm. All right. We see how many times we see that in the Gospels? He always got a way so to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't I think he already knew about Lazarus. I think the Lord is. I think the Father had already prepared him for Lazarus, and this is why he don't seem like he's getting this on the go. Like, well, because people say, well, he stayed two more days to figure out what to do. 
Well, no, before he even really stayed two more days, he already said, this sickness is not a death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. So there's no way that he got this revelation of the two days because he was prophesying before the two days he stuck around that he already knew that this sickness was not unto death, but exactly why this sickness was going to happen. Jesus had the full revelation, and he was trying to get them to say the full revelation, but if he just told them the full revelation, it's not provoking or stretching their spiritual ear. And he's trying to get them to believe, and sometimes for us to learn to believe, something has to stretch us, something has to, to grip on us, something has to pull us apart. Sometimes we need a sword to come to our ear and cut away the dead fat, cut away the garbage, cut away all that hypocrisy, all that dichotomy going in there, all that trying to serve two masters. All that has to get off of our ear so we would actually hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Jesus already knew. Now he's trying to get his disciples to know, and they're just not hearing. Yeah. And they're not really trusting him <coughs> fully. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, because, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll show you what you just said we'll, with Scripture. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he should do well. But, howbeit, Jesus spake of his death, but they thought he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. So he, they're just not, they're not understanding, they're not trusting, they're not believing. Mary and, La Mary and Martha, they struggle eventually. <laughs> Right now, we're pin, pinpointing the disciples, and they're like, okay, yeah, Jesus, we get it. If this sickness is not unto death, then he's going to be okay because he's just taking a nap. Hmm. And that makes sense. That's kind of what they're, this is what they're doing. I'm trying to think logically and exactly. naturally. It's <clears throat> exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> no, 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 please do. <laughs> Take off with it. Um, My voice is like going out, so I'm like barely talking but <laughs> well they they were taking a natural um, point they were they were doing a natural logical and that's what we do as human beings that's what we do as human beings is that we always want to take that we're trying to make god fit in our box of logic and we're trying to make god fit into our box of um, what we can comprehend what we can understand how this all fits into humanity and the natural, but we have to understand God never, God don't, God's not bound by the natural realm. Mm -mm. God operates in a supernatural realm, which is things out of the abnormal or the things that are out of the normal. It's really abnormal for us is God's normal. Like his extraordinary, yeah. our extraordinary, our supernatural is his everyday life. And if he walk, if he, if he operate on 24 seven, but you know what I mean? Like this is where he lives. And he's trying to get them up to him. Mm -hmm. Yet they're trying to pull him down to them. And I believe that's what the church does so often. Instead of climbing and ascending the hill of the Lord and understanding what the Father's saying in a spiritual sense, we always try to bring the Father to the natural realm and make him fit into what we believe every day. And we try to take supernatural things and fit them into natural logic, and it never works. And he will bust the box every single time. The problem is that when we try to do everything on a natural level, actually we are, I'm going to say something here, strong. And I don't mean to say strong for the sake of derogatory or condemnation because I'm learning as much as anybody. 
When we always try to make God fit in a box of natural, what we are really doing is testifying of our lack of faith. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what we do as humans. And so instead of trying to stretch that, yes, nothing is impossible with our God. Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, there's nothing too hard for our God. Instead of believing this and believing that there is no cancer bigger than our God, believing that there is no mental illness bigger than our God, then rather than believing that there's nothing, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's nothing that can stand opposite, other, or with the Father. He trumpets over all. He triumphs over all. The earth is his footstool. The earth is the fullness and thereof. He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-good. And instead of trying to fit our theology, our logic, and our life into him, we try to fit him into us because we don't want to stretch our thinking and be weirdos. Well, what? September 10th, 11th, 12th is our se- it's, it's our conference coming up in, in September. And you know what September 10th is? National Wonderful Weirdos Day. And so call me a weirdo. Call me peculiar whatsoever. I don't care. But you know what? At the end of the day, I don't want to make God fit into my box of logic. I want to say break my box of logic, break my box of natural, and take me to the supernatural because I want to believe you for the impossible. And the church has to get back to a point where we believe God for the impossible, that we believe him for the great things, and that he can do all things. That's why we open up every broadcast. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it, but also this is the day that my God will take your impossible and make it possible because he's a possible-making God. There's nothing too big, nothing too bit wide, no, uh, what's that old song? Ain't no mountain high enough. There you go. Ain't no valley low. There you go. See? Keep me from getting to you, Jesus. All right. Well, I'll that, change the words. That's, that's right. I mean, it's an older <laughs> song. It's not a, it's not a, I don't think it was a Christian song. But I'm sitting here thinking, you know, that could be, you could change those words. There ain't no mountain high enough. There ain't no valley low enough that is going to keep you from doing what you said you were going to do. There's no cancer big enough. There's no diabetes wide enough. There's nothing bigger than God. He can do it, right? There's nothing. I'm just sitting there thinking, man, you said all that with almost without taking one breath. I'm fired up this morning. Wow. <laughs> that was amazing. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There is, there's nothing. And this is what this is what the disciples are doing. They're, they keep on trying to bring what Jesus is saying is going to be a supernatural thing and fit it into the logic. I am a I, I am a passionate theologian. Like I don't I don't hide it. I don't make words. I don't make apologies. I think theology is important. But my theology is not about the ability of man. My theology is centered around the ability of God. Mm -hmm. And if I try to fit everything into what man can do, I'm going to fail in understanding who God is. Well, Peter, you know, when Peter had his eyes upon Jesus, he walked on the water. But as soon as he started looking at the natural things around him, he kind of second guessed what he was doing and he began to sink. But as long as he kept his eyes on the Father and upon Jesus, he began to walk on the water. And I think that's that was a testament to the, as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can do anything. Yeah. But mm-hmm. don't take your eyes, quit looking at natural things around you, because if you keep your eyes on him, you can do so much more. Yeah. I think that's why Jesus asks so many questions. Like I'm sitting here looking at a list of questions that Jesus would ask them. And I think it's because he's trying to get them to think. Yeah. 
supernaturally. Like he's trying to show them like you only see things in the natural. So why are you afraid? Why do you worry about what you're going to wear tomorrow? Why, why, why? Because he knows his father and he's trying to teach them about their father. It's, it's like the revelation. It's like he wants people to, to see the revelation of what he's, he's trying to prove to man. Yeah. And it's kind of like when Peter, um, he asked Peter, who do you say I am? You know, he kept asking, he, he says that a lot. Who do you say I am? You are the son of the living God. And he's like, upon this rocket, you build my church. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, like you could, you could have called him anything, but the revelation that mm-hmm. came to man. And that's what I believe Jesus was trying to bring forward. And he was trying to get people to, to see the kingdom of God for what it's trueness and what it's, you know, what it really was. Yeah. So, yeah I believe this. And something before we go to break, when it talks about, walking in the light and if anyone walks in the day he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world it makes me think about how when you're walking in the dark you can't really see anything when you're walking in the light everything is your eyes are open to everything everything's illuminated Mm. and i just it just makes me think about how when we're walking in the spirit our eyes are open to everything and that is the light and our our eyes are open to everything in the spiritual so that way when we're in the natural we can see we can see past the masks we can Mm. see past the the fronts the the phonies we can see true like we can see past everything and see what's truly going on in the spiritual Mm-hmm. Mm, good stuff <laughs> yep uh psalm 119 your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path first john 1 7 but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin ephesians 5 8 through 14 for at one time you were are you were darkness but now you are light mm. in the lord walk as children of the light for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the lord take no part in unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them first john 1 5 this is the message we have from heard from him and proclaim to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all John eight twelve again, Jesus spake to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of the world. First John 2, 9 through 11. Whoever says he is the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his mm. eyes. Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Mm. I could keep going, but uh, <laughs> Isaiah 2.5, O house of Jacob, come, let us, ma- let us walk in the light of the world. You know, I preached a message on the blind leading the blind because the, the biggest problem with a lot of people today is they're being led by blind people. And that's where the darkness is, you know. Yeah. So you got to be seeing, you got to be led by people who see the light. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we got to take a break. We'll continue <laughs> um, after the break discussing the light of the Lord or whatever the Spirit of God wants us to do. Wednesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank, which we appreciate and honor for being an underwriter of the Box 2 Radio Network and all they do for us in supporting and encouraging us to advance the kingdom of God and preach the gospel to the world. What Philistine what Philistine what Philistine king 
did David seek refuge with when he fled from Saul? What king did David seek refuge with when he fled from Saul? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Alrighty, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. What a day the Lord has made. I don't have an answer for that trivia question yet, but maybe um, uh, we'll get that going. Uh, let's see here. I'm in the producing room, so if you call during the actual broadcast, I may not be able to answer, depending if I can mute my mic and talk to you while they're chatting or not. But again, that question number one, Wednesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What Philistine king or Philistine king did David seek refuge with when he fled from Saul? I love that song we just listened to. It's an older song, but it's new to me. I just knew I've just known it for a couple of weeks now, honestly. But speak the name, um, and I love that song. Really, just turning one of my favorite worship songs. But um, but you know, it's like I'm still on my prayer kick. Whenever I go in the sanctuary by myself or um, whatever, I'm still on this instrumental music i have no idea why i'm still there with prayer it's just it's just there is that uh, the one on the cd i actually what i usually do is just find like um honestly i just go to like youtube or something like that and you can do like soaking music or piano music or something like that piano worship um and then sometimes well okay i don't do it as much as i used to but when we had the other piano it had speakers on it and sometimes i would just come in here and play and worship by myself um, now when I was at Hilltop, my, the church I was passionate before I was doing that one morning before church and, um, I will sing when nobody else is around and I sing with everything in my guts. All right. Oh, I'm singing. <laughs> and, um, I think we had a couple people turn around and walk out the door and no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> it, but it was, um, you know, I just enjoyed it. Like I'll go to an empty sanctuary and just start playing the piano and just worship and, um, prophesy to the, to the wind. And so uh, I don't know, just. I really love it, but lately I've been in the instrumental mood. Hmm. I don't know why. I feel like when I pray with words, the words distract me. Like I yeah. get, I get so caught up singing the song. I feel, oh, I'm supposed to be praying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do that sometimes too. And so I have uh, to know though, what is the version that you play on prayer night of "Fill Me Up"? It is worship mob. Because um, I have to know. <laughs> I just it's, it just gets I me. I can every tell time. you exactly. I can, it gets me every always, time. We're always getting together. Like, Aaron, have you heard this? He'll say, "Have you heard this?" And we'll go back and forth. <laughs> it's it's, it's called "Fill Me Up um, Miracles." It's both of them. Oh, Fill Me Up mob. slash Miracles Worship Mob. That's and, a good one. Yep. Worship Mob. Oh, you've never heard of Worship Mob? Yep. <gasps> oh, Lord. now um, Miss Megan Fortner is the one that. It got me on uh, Make Room by Kim Walker. Oh, I love Make um, Room. Yeah, I loved I didn't hear that until Meg, Megan sent it to me on um, Messenger one day after a broadcast. And so <clears throat> I've loved that mm. song since then, too. But there, I mean, I don't know. I've just been on this um, instrumental kick lately, sometimes just when I pray. Now, um, I've been listening to um, on the tractor and mower lately when I do listen to podcasts. That's about the only time I get to now is I have been listening to some of um, Lance's old sermons and Todd Smith's. I listen, listen to both of them quite a bit. I still listen to Kevin Wallace quite a bit too. And about I listen about every Sunday morning service from him, sermon. And um, a couple others that I'm not really going to give name to because I'm not really supporting them. But yeah. I'll listen to them because uh, I like to sharpen sometimes. And... So sometimes the only way you you sharpen 
is you got to hear what the other side's actually saying. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to give credence to them, so I'm not really drawing people to listen to them. But I have about five to six people I'll listen to. Mm-hmm. But um, Kevin Wallace, I, I didn't know. I listened to a testimony by him, like when he was a little boy, mm-hmm. and how he would listen to them down the road. And that's how he, man, that boy, that, he, that guy can sing. That boy can preach too, can he? He can preach, sing. Well, he yeah, like, oh. that's what I'm saying. Like, he can preach, sing with that organ. You get yeah. that organ going behind him. Yeah. And me, I'm he sounds awesome. I sound like a wounded duck that got run over and got her right leg cut off or something. And so, uh, one time now, one time I was preaching and, and Josh, Josh would fire up that organ every once in a while. And Heather says, it's so funny. You think you can sing whenever he does that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Hold on. I can, I'm, I'm sounding good with it. Um, but it is, it's fun. It is fun. And, um, I bet if Paul could approach could have preached with a B three organ behind him, no, he would have too. Yeah. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> Jesus had Jesus had heavenly music behind him. The organ from heaven would crank down. That's what the earthquake was when he when he's talking. It's an organ from heaven. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm wondering who like were the singers. You know, you think about that, like oh Peter. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. John strikes me as a singer. Well, somebody was singing back then. Yeah, I don't know. I think John strikes me as a singer. Mm. Jamie, do you agree? I do. You do. I do agree. Well, y'all laugh, so I figured. There, I mean, is there an sorry, inside joke? Yeah. We know well, David. It's was. not a joke. It's just an inside thing. Oh well, I think John. John. Yeah. You like John? Yeah. I like John. You think David had a great voice? I love John. I think he did. David, which David are we talking about? We're talking about in the Bible, or yeah. are we talking about like no, no, David we know? In the Bible. No, not oh, yeah. that David. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he was singing. I mean, that was his. David we know. Singing. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard him sing. I don't he know. might sing it. I'm not, I don't even think I've heard Hick sing before. Well, yeah, I have. Well, yeah. he's a. Uh, I was supposed to sing like a Bible, but yeah. You remember the. sing like a Hick. Do you remember the time that. Uh, I do. Uh, do you remember the time we was at that church and me and you were singing together after service? And I was just joking around, really. But you were singing, and then somebody came up to you and said, "You sound like Jason Crabb." Oh, that was I Johnny said, "What?" Avery. I said, "What did I sound like?" He said, "Well, I don't know." Uh, I said, "Whoa, wait a second. He had me a little inebriated in the spirit to say I sound like Jason Crabb because I hey, he was full of the spirit of God. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there is a difference. There, is a, there difference. is a difference when you are full of the Holy Spirit and anointing in a like a. The special anointing for a yeah. sp- certain time, and you're singing versus when you're just singing. I'm serious. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different sound. I don't know, but we were into it that time, and everybody was into the service. So, yep. Um, we kind of got lost about what we were doing. We just, that was a good night, but um, even when we're lost in the spirit, I don't sing. Uh, you were. He was singing when we were practicing for the conference, and it was actually. They said I harmonized almost. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say they. I did harmonize. I think you can sing. Honestly, I think you can sing. Thank you. I knew I liked. I just think (laughs) you're. I knew I really liked. Where everybody is different, you know, with their style. I think he. I think you just don't try all the time because when you were sitting down and actually trying it, actually, it sounded good. Yeah. Woo. I mean, it's like with anything else. Glory. You You can train. I mean, some people are just gifted, and then some people just have to vocally train. And know your limits. 
You know, okay, some people can't. Okay, but if you can play as many instruments as Aaron can, how can you not sing? That's my question. I mean... It, it would be very rare to be fair. able to play that many instruments, to have a musical ear, and not be able to sing. Well, um, that's because you play everything okay and nothing great. Um, I'm trying to teach Ethan. We're starting Ethan out on the spoons. And then we're going to work <laughs> him up. Uh, I can Please. see... I could see Ethan with a banjo. If you could just oh, get him to play guitar, I would, or piano. I could great. really see Ethan playing guitar. Like he has the look for playing guitar, like electric or like, acoustic. Well, he has that kind of stoic look about him. Like <laughs> he just kind of towers over people, yeah. and so you just put him in the middle of a stage with a guitar, and he's just stoic looking up there. Like there's this, um, like I mean, he's so like I don't know, he's so athletic. I'm thinking electric guitar because I could see him going around. No, 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 that's not. He's, a, he's an acoustic rhythm. He's just this solemn guy. I think he'll get bored. And he's just going to stay. He's going to sit there and he's going to play his guitar. And, and I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out. Go, Delbert, go. You strum like no one's ever strummed before. Uh, it's going mean, to be amazing. Honestly, Delbert kind of sounds like a guitar player. See? Delbert. Lessons with Delbert. Delbert. Well, we've had our share of guitar players around here. Well, we need a few more. All right. We so. really do. We do need to get to. I well, would love to learn. So. Yeah, and, you know, well, I, sometimes Looks I feel like, we like some, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just think sometimes I feel like um, guitar players feel like they can't be their self in worship. Sometimes mm. I feel like they think they get if, overpowered. Well, I think a lot of them feel like if they do something, or their mom, or their dad, or grandparents made them feel like, well, you can't just let go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it is. Um, Leaders should lead into that, and now we're going to segue because, well, when you're when you're a worship leader, you've got to release your person to do it, but you have to have everything yeah. in order. True. And so, what happens a lot is you either have a guitar player that plays all the time and never stops, or you have a guitar player that never plays. And That's so, true. we got to have that balance of when they come in. There's a few guitar players I know that does it well. Yeah. Um, oh, I know that. And I'm so, just... it's just I've been a part of groups that the electric guitar player plays the whole time. And you might as well not even play. Then I've been a part of groups like you can play. Come on, like now, bring it on. And I think it's I think it's leaders give boundaries, but they also give release. Yeah. They, um, it's the word I use a lot with spiritual gifts, and when we teach on that is guardrails. And guardrails never restrict you from going forward. Guardrails guardrails restrict you from falling off the cliff. Sure. And so it also um, comes with chemistry. Yep. And flowing together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I know there's times where I used to play, and I could, I wouldn't even be playing with these people. And I, we could just pick up because he said, well, that's the Holy Spirit because we're both being led by the Spirit. We're not, you know, we just just grow right into the song, and I've never played with this guy before. And I was like, how did we do that so well? That was yeah. the Spirit of God right there. Oh, yeah. Because it was a just difference. a flow. Yeah. I can tell a difference when I can flow with someone and when I can't in the Spirit. I think too, though, with that you you have the spirit of God that will bring stuff together. Yeah. But you both were prepared individually. Yeah. You both knew how to play your instrument. Yeah. Like um, now, can, am I saying the spirit of God can't take somebody who's never played drums before, put them in a drum cage, and spiritually anoint yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Sure, he could. Yeah. Um, but the way I see it, a lot happen in scripture is that people's prepared. Yeah. So, um, like when I played music, I don't play music anymore, like at all. Um, I played drums Sunday night. Sunday afternoon in practice for the first time in no towns how long. And um I struggled a lot and I was I was rusty. Rusty. But yeah. he did not um but like what happens is whenever I was playing music a lot, it wasn't that I was trying to master the song or master the ability. 
I just always wanted to be prepared the best I could to go wherever the Spirit of God asked me to go. Yeah. And you wanted to hear, you wanted to, you wanted to be there together. So like you have, and it's the same way with our walk. True. We'd always don't know where God's going to take us. So we have to be prepared for wherever he could take us. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to stay in prayer. It's why it's important to stay with the word. That's why it's important to be instant in and out of season is that wherever the spirit of God asked me to go, I'm already prepared to True. go there because I was with him. True. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when I play, I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I'm a different kind of person. If you're going to make a CD, I'm just not your guy. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be so technical about everything. I want to flow in the spirit. I'm prophetically. I'm just like you're going to bust a drum beat out on a on a spontaneous, you know, bout. That's me. You know, I can keep up with spontaneous worship because that's my thing. But you know, like, you know, I, I probably I probably could do a um, studio set on something, but it's just not my thing you know and i think that's where i believe i love spontaneous worship it's one of my favorite things i think not that the other stuff yeah. ain't great because we need it but at the same time i'm more called i want to bring kingdom of heaven down yeah and whatever's oh, been coming God. out of our spirit and i believe that's how david was it began yep, to flow i believe that's where we got psalms at you know it was rivers flowing. of living water flowing yes and, and there's something special about that it's another level i believe when you can get to that the, to, to the level <clears> of just it just flowing out of you yeah and i believe that's where things are birthed Ooh. and i believe, I believe that. that's where we're heading that way mm-hmm. yeah um brother lance was talking about something that he said was he his prayer is that and he believes that it's it's coming actually where we will not be satisfied with other people's rivers mm. that flow mm. out of them yeah. anymore Amen. That we will need the rivers of living water that flow out of our spirit from Mm -hmm. the Lord. And I just couldn't help but think of worship. I mean, for me personally, I know it's going to look different for everybody. But for me personally, like the Lord will give me songs. And like, it's true. Like when I sing those songs that are coming from my spirit, the rivers of living living water, like it's different. It's it. It yeah. sounds different. It feels different. It's more intimate with the Lord because it's it's something that's coming from my spirit rather than something that's coming from elevation worship spirit. Well, that's or another person's spirit. I, I want to call out to that too. Is I, the worship leader shouldn't be doing all the work <laughs> because they're just taking us to it. They're they're leading us to that place. Everyone's called to worship. Yep. Yeah. Everything. And I believe when the body of Christ begins to get to that place, when they begin to open up, and, and I want to pray that, you know, that God opens up people in true worship. The true worshipers get up and yep. arise and begin because I believe the enemy is scared when his Ooh. people start to worship yeah. him in spirit and start in truth. To prophesy and begin yeah. to start prophesy. To worship. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone has a song yes. to sing. I mean, the Lord can give songs to everybody. Whether that's now, it might not be a whole, you know, like organized song. Yeah. But it it can be words of a love, love language to the Lord. Words of worship, words of love. I mean, he can give you, just start singing something. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's happened to people and they don't even realize it mm. when they're worshiping the Lord. Well, I mean, that Jason Upton Fly, um, they were just in a, <coughs> a studio set one day and they began to just, they were recording it. And Jason Upton got so drunk in the spirit, and he was teeter-tottering back and forth and singing just weird little songs like da 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 da. I mean, it was just like just something plain. It wasn't anything particular. And 
the, this guy said, I remember looking up, he said, there was this 10-foot-tall angel had come in the room and was singing with Jason Upton. And he didn't remember anything about it because he was so caught up in worshiping Jesus that he was just singing to, to him. Yeah. And then the angels joined in with him to sing with him. And, I, you know, I, I think about that and how pure that is to see someone so caught up that they didn't care about anything else around them, mm -hmm. that they were yeah. just worshiping him. And I'm like, wish I want the church to get to this point where we're not caught up, where we don't have to cheerlead people anymore, yeah. that they just want to yeah. enter in. Like when we come into church, we, we shouldn't, it shouldn't take 45 minutes to get the grave clothes off to get into worship. Nope. You know, it's, it should already be done. Yeah. You so know, as we walk through the threshold, I like shake loose, listen some worship before you come to church, begin to pray before you come to church on your way to church when you're driving. You know, do what you can to 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 get rid of all that thinking before you get there because it's like the intimate time I believe that we set aside on Sunday. It should be every day. Oh yeah. But together in worship, like there's a there's a empowerment when all of us come together. And we shouldn't be dragging each other down. I think it's more of like, let's enter in together mm -hmm. and worship the king. And I think it's, I mean, I've seen it happen very seldom because we deal with that on a daily basis. It seems like churches become, or when we, uh, I've seen it on uh, harp and bow nights. Oh man, God just really moved on some harp and bow nights we've had. And people were worshiping, praying and seeking. I mean, that was the main purpose. The main goal was the. Yeah send up incense <clears throat> to heaven and to see our the, the bowls poured out it's just and really that should be every every time we gather yeah it shouldn't i mean i get it i, I mean I, I know people say sundays are, are different but i don't think i think every i don't think they have to be they don't have to be and i get there's some time of instruction we need that you know we need to hear the preaching They'll only be different if we make them different yeah yeah and and, and that's just my opinion i mean everybody has their own opinion on I've heard people say, well, it's time of celebration. Well, I believe it's whatever God wants it to be. How about we be led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? Whatever God wants to do that that day, every time we wake up, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? What do you want to, how, what, how do you want me to go about my day? And I think it's a learning process. It's like you need to train yourself to wake up and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Now that we all fail at it, I'm sure I do every day. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not that person, but I want to be. I want to get to the point on Sundays where, like, I like something that Mary says. She says, the devil comes to church every Sunday. Oh, yeah. But I want to get to the point where the devils that come to church on Sundays, they can't stand anymore. They literally can't well, stand on. it. Because every single person is in unity worshiping yeah. the Lord. Yeah. So there's no way for them to stand in there. Mm -hmm. Like, they can't fellowship His with us anymore. Falls. That's true. Well, when the Spirit, I always said this, you know. When his spirit enters, all darkness has to flee. Yes, it does. And I feel like sometimes, like Aaron says this all the time, how can we cast out devils with the devils we're playing we're with? Play exactly. exactly. That, that's the problem. And it's kind of yeah. like this. It's time for us Stop to be the devils. children of light like we're called to be. Yep. Yes. And let's shake off this stuff that we carry in with us. Shake it off. I mean, we have to. I, I, I get it. There's, I mean, just... Repentance shouldn't be such a hard thing. You know, I, I tell people, I said, all repentance is is to change the way you think and turn the other way. We have to die daily. We yeah. have to die daily. Surrender and crucify daily. our flesh. And that oh, is Lord. that is something that I think is, we, we just, 
I want us, the church, to get to that place when they can, when people have experienced that, you're done for. I mean, when you've experienced that encounter with God, it ruins you. I remember going to the call, 7707, in Nashville, Tennessee, at Tennessee Titan Stadium. There were several of us that went from the church. And it was a day that changed my life forever. And seeing 80,000 people trying to get in. There was people in the hallways everywhere laid out in the Spirit of God. And they were all there for one purpose, and it was the call. It was a call to repentance, a call to bring our nation back to God, a call to repent of things that we've allowed in our lives. And I've never seen that many people just, it was just a sweet spirit. And there were songs being birthed out of that. There were songs that I've never heard played before that I was like, these are sounds of heaven. I looked over at my father-in-law, Larry, and I said, man, I wish we could. I mean, we wanted to stay all day, but it was, I mean, we're talking, it was, it was probably 90 something degrees and it was hot. I mean, it was really hot and we're just, we didn't care. Nobody cared. Everybody's sweating all over each other. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, they didn't care. They just wanted to see God move. And there was so much prophecy that came out of that. And I'm not trying to li- I'm not trying to lift up a particular event, yeah. but God moves in times and seasons and moments. Well, there was something significant about that. Yes. Repentance. Repentance. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's going to be a key too to revival yeah. is we got to repent. We got to change mm-hmm. the way that we think. We got to turn, turn the other way. Turn from our wicked ways. And we see that from Asbury. It was focused with, with repentance. repentance. Yeah, that was the main you know, focus. And, and I think that that's a start. And I think we go forward. <laughs> we should build on that. Yeah. And so go ahead. Aaron. Well, we got to take a break. Um, <clears throat> my heart break. And it's a hard break. I don't mean to cut off the cut flow, but it really is hard. This so. one is uh, this one's our legal one. We have to do it for legal. It's called our legal ID for those who don't know. But um, Thursday, Wednesday, question number one, we still haven't got an answer from. So you can call in. What Philistine king was did David seek refuge with when he fled from Saul? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. Morning. Um. All righty, we are back here this morning. Still don't have an answer for that trivia question. Either we're boring everybody and nobody is listening, or everybody's full of the Spirit of God and they're too, uh, they're too, uh, I don't know. It could be the rainy morning, too. Maybe said, uh-huh. I, I'm not going out today. I'm just going to stay in in my jammies and worship to, I don't know. I don't know who. I do have the to next worship break. Mob. Worship mob. <laughs> Fill me up. Um, I do have a, I have an old song I'm bringing out. Uh-oh. We played a couple good songs this morning. Speak the name. Love that song. And then Great Things by Phil Wickham's. Love that song as well. Uh, but this um, song I'm going to play the next break is an older song. But it's not like it's not it's not hymnals ode. Like I love hymnals, so don't 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 mm. he don't like him. I love hymnals. Uh, I tell Heather all the time, sing more hymnals. I love them. All right, uh, I'm trying to get Sarah to sing "Victory in Jesus" Sunday morning. She has that voice for it. Like her she voice does. fits that. Yeah. I love that. I can I can harmonize with her. I'm gonna sing it with her. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, but this next song I'm gonna play this next break at eight thirty. And somebody better call and answer this trivia question then, because I feel like y'all just don't like us this morning. Um. 
is called God is Here. Do you remember that? Martha Munizelli or whatever her name is? I think so. Munizelli. I think it's Munizelli. It's been a while. You, it's an older song. Yeah. But man, I love it. It's Let's see. Let me, let me read some lyrics. There's a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. There's a stillness in the atmosphere. Come and lay the burdens you carried for the sanctuary and for in the sanctuary, God is here. Uh, I just love it. Amen. He is here. He is healed here to bro- heal the brokenhearted and Come to bless on. the broken. I just love that song. It's a powerful song. Um, I like that sweet anointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever? Do you remember the movie? Uh, this was like this was like one of the. This was before Christian movies were becoming pretty mainstream, um, but it was oh, it was about a guy. He was a singer. He was a secular singer, and then he came back to his dad's church. His dad was a pastor, and oh, Martha Munizelli was in the. I hope I say it in the last name. She was in it? Yeah, she was in it. Victory. You remember Victory? Remember that song, Victory? I've got the victory. You got, Oh, come on, Jake. You got all these. I, I, I don't know. If, I don't think Hannah's old enough. If I hear the song, I probably would know. <laughs> yeah, but it was a movie, and it was a it was a good movie. Like um, You don't remember what I don't remember the name of it, though. It I'm was pretty decent. Um, I'm going to research it as I speak, but... It was about a singer. I don't know. It was an older one. It was um, the best is yet to come. No, that's not yet. Let me see this. Let me see the thing. Let me see the picture. Hold on. I gotta. That's, that's her. That's her CD. That's her CD. And okay. that's I love that CD. Um, that's a good one. I don't know. I just this song popped in my spirit the other day because I used to worship to this song <laughs> quite a bit um, in my car. You know, I'm. You know, I'm a. It was. I was young. Like I'm talking 18 to 19, 20 years old. Whenever this, she was. This CD come out, and so you know, I was that hip, arrogant, punky kid who stills listening to Christian music going down the. Because you, you think it's cool when you got your you got your S10 with your straight pipes and your Flowmaster <laughs> on there, and you come up to a red light and you're busting out. God is here. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna be something thumping, and then literally, it's God is here. And as I drive through town with my straight piped Flowmaster S10 with a robot roll with my bumper off the back and no, te- you know, you had to do it cool. And so, hey, that's how nice we thing to be thumping to. How we survived back then, I don't know. We thought we was cool. Well, I mean, um, we cruise town all the time. You, do you remember Junko jeans or whatever? Jinko, oh, Jinko. I want back. some Jinko. Uh, until you look back at if you ever wear Jinko jeans, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not gonna, letting you in the church. I'm going to come in the church with some Jinkos. I'm going to tell the ushers not to let you in. You think you're cool until you look back at the pictures. Do y'all know what Jinko no. jeans are? Do you? Yeah, the, Do you? Ones with the really big legs. Yes, yeah, we used yeah, to legs. be. There used to be. Look, they're a older than I thought they were. Competition that whoever had the biggest Jinkos. I mean, everybody wanted to get. The oh bigger my ones. gosh, we were the dumbest kids ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we had we went from the the older generation wearing ball shorts that were so short. I'm like, I would never. Wear now those, those are back in style. I've heard that. And, back. and then they went to wearing ones that went to their ankles. That oh no, there was some that went to the like. <laughs> Uh, to the floor. They well, well we're not going to say too much. But Jinkos were, I mean, goodness gracious. It was, I could fit my upper body into my leg. <laughs> I mean, it was, they were. I wonder why how, do we think that looked I cool? Don't like, know. I never understood who thought that looked. That's like, that's like saying it's as cool as looking as those big old red shoes that people are wearing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, they're going to look back 15 years from now and look at those big old red bulky shoes that people's wearing around. There was even a wrestler one time that wore those in the arena. And 
what is what is so cool about sh- y'all know what I'm talking about? Have y'all seen these? I think I know what you're talking about. Tennis shoes? No, they're boots. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, like with a high platform on them. No, no, you haven't seen these. Okay, I haven't seen them. Oh my gosh, tell me the styles Jake, over the years. Jacob, you you've seen them, right? I'm thinking so. Okay. Well, I need to like show you all, and y'all can y'all Google it right now at home. You'll see these. Um, these are a legit thing. Like people's wearing these in. Um, are they wearing them now? Like these are legit. People's wearing these. Yeah. Like celebrities and all these, they are huge. Um, I mean, this is what they kind of look like on your feet. Yeah. And people's wearing like them. Ronald McDonald. Yeah. And that they call that style. Me, I'm thinking style is crying with my face swollen from tears from the glory of God. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have no style. I'm That's like, my kind what? Of style. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There's some Jinkos. I mean, like some things today, I'm just like, kids, y'all don't need to buy those. I mean, the holes, there's so many holes in britches. I said, honey, I've spent years working out in these britches, and I finally got them to look like that. <laughs> you know, and they're buying them all. If I could count how many times I've heard somebody say that to me. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it, it's not now, real. but I, I used more, to wear holy jeans a lot. Well, I uh, mine holy jeans. <laughs> holy, y'all, y'all gonna make me tell this story on there, ain't you? You're gonna make me tell this story in the air. Uh-oh. Should I tell it? Y'all oh, yeah. know what yeah. I'm gonna talk about. Well, if you're gonna talk about holy jeans, I think it's a necessity to just point out that about a month and a half, two months ago, I was preaching and I split my jeans oh, yeah. in the middle of preaching, oh, wow. and I didn't realize it until Heather after service said, Aaron, "You have a hole in your jeans." And so I had holy jeans, and they really did become holy they were during preaching. Holy, they there was an anointing. There was they literally it became broke. holy while I was preaching. <laughs> it, broke. it broke the yoke. <laughs> now the bad part is the bad part is I was so excited about going to Cattlemen's because that was the day we and oh, Hannah, Lord. Ethan, and Heather went that. I didn't even go change. I was just ready to get up there. So I figured if I kind of kept my legs together and kind of crossed my feet and it's under the booth. <laughs> so it's all good. And then I was so excited about that lava cake. I just left my whole purse there and drove all the way home. And Ethan mm. goes, you serious? Man, I need to <laughs> go to this counterman's y'all talk about. I, I ain't oh, about it. Look, me, well, and, me and Heather will suffer and take you and Stevie. Uh, that's leadership. Okay. That's leadership. Suffer. Listen, Eddie. We need to pour ourselves as a drink offering. We want to take the example of Paul. And we're going to pour ourselves out as a drink offering. Oh. Hey, I think it hurts may, you last time to not Jamie, get the steak, though. Hey, maybe in Jamie's and Stevie's like googly eyes will rub off on you, all. Uh, and it'll make you start. Now to y'all can't do all that puppy love. Display more like, affection in public. We we walk out the front door the other day, and Miss Mary's out there with them, and they're just her head's on his shoulders. She's just staring into his eyes, and I go, "Oh goodness, here we go." <laughs> Here we go. Um, Aaron doesn't believe in all that. Uh, we're gonna Lord. we're gonna convert him eventually. <laughs> all right. Oh, Lord. Well, this has been fun this morning. Um, here we go. I got a Bible question. Okay. We got to do a Bible question. Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Bible I feel like we talked about Jinkos and those ugly red boots. Really, who made them? Looks like something Lego would wear. It looks like something from a Lego man. I thought I'm thinking like something Sesame Street. Would I thought wear. Ronald McDonald shoes. <laughs> yes, Ronald. They look McDonald. like the Ronald. All McDonald right, shoes. here we go. I want to do this one because it's going to be fun with me and Jacob. Like this is going to be fun. Oh Lord, I know of some people who refuse to eat in restaurants that serve alcohol. What are your thoughts about this? This was a listener question. Um, <laughs> all right, now listen. 
I want to preface this to say this. I am not going to get caught up in the whole debate. Can you drink a glass of wine? Can you drink a glass of... I, I'm not doing that today. We can do that another day, but today I'm not doing that. Hmm. Um, I will say this, though. I think that you're, you are... It's, it's an area that's gray. Hmm. Like, it's an area that there's going to be difference in opinions. There's going to be areas that there is um, different convictions. And even in the past, I've had different convictions on this. Um, I'm... I'm at, will they shop at Walmart? Good point, Greg. Because um, <laughs> they sell alcohol. Um, I, I think in an area like this, I think because there is, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes exactly what the scripture's saying on it. I will. Mm-hmm. There's, a lot of dis, there's a lot of disagreements. There's a lot of this. The, the thing that you can, without a hesitation, say is do not be drunk. You, whether you believe in gl- drinking a glass of wine with your dinner, whatever, there is clear precedence in the scripture. We are not to be drunk. And I believe yeah. that drunk is not just wasted. I think that drunk is you're at a point where your thinking is impaired mm-hmm. and you are starting to change the way you operate. Now, some people say, well, that comes with the first drink. I'm not here trying to be, I'm, I'm not the alcohol police. I'm not, okay. I'm not trying to be, I'm just saying without a distinction, that drunkenness is there. Yeah. Um, what I want to say is I, I will eat at a restaurant that serves alcohol. I don't, I'm not convicted about this. What I will say on this question, and I appreciate the, the listener answer, asking this question, is that I believe if you're a leader, regardless of your conviction on alcohol, you can never touch it. I don't think you can. Because I think it's a testimony, and I think you'll create a stumbling block. And so I'm just that you, you see deacons not given to much wine, but you see elders none and the, pr- the so. problem with the alcohol to me because if i give a little bit of my background you'll understand why which my father was the biggest one of the biggest drunkards around and i seen stuff come out of it and he didn't start he was a pat he was actually an ordained minister and he got to traveling with a band that he like, I don't know, he kind of left the faith kind of a little bit, went into playing music, and then started just social drinking. It was just one or one beer here a day or whatever. And it just kept leading on and leading on and leading on. And it became stronghold in his life. And I always said to people, why are you drinking? Why do you want that cup of wine? Why do you want that? And a lot of people, I've heard people say, well, I want to relax. And I was like, well, that's good, but... I thought that, you know, it's all to me about the motive Mm -hmm. because I've never really seen good come out of drinking alcohol. I mean, that's just me. If you can show me that, that that I'm a totalitarian. I think you should abstain from it. Uh, And and I believe that because it's abstain from every appearance of evil. If I'm walking out in public and I've got a, and I'm, I'm representing Jesus, but I'm at my table with a beer or a, glass of wine and somebody over here sees me on there and not that you could sit there and try to defend yourself and say well you know it's okay to have a glass of wine well this person might be well he if that pastor or that limit or that guy goes to church over here i know he goes to he's a he's a rogue remember he's he's really after jesus but he's having a glass of wine i think it's okay for me to and that's where Anna was talking about it became a stumbling block to and it's, it's it's to me it's not a good witness and, and you're doing it in public. So, but um, I don't think we should get to this debate where we can't go to here, we can't go here because there's out. Jesus did things in the midst of all 
everything that was going on around him. So we can't take ourselves out of the world into these places that we're going and, and, and not go there because they, they're doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were doing some really, really bad stuff, that, that's a difference. But I think as believers, I th- and, and like it's always been a debate about alcohol, but I don't know. If, if you've seen my story, I guess you would see where I come from. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I think that, um, let me see here. I was going to go to a scripture. That's what I, I want to make sure I had that right. I mean, I think the biggest, you know, conversation in this is that obviously Jesus did drink wine in the Bible times. Yeah. The disciples did. People in that day did. But it has been you, studied that that wine was a lot less ten cups of wine strong than today. Ten cups of wine in the Old Testament equaled one cup today. That was a study done. So you would take 10 cups back then to equal one cup of wine today. So it was basically drinking a glass of grape juice. Well, here's what I... But see, I think here I try to stay away from trying to do equivalents. And here's why. Not and I'm against yeah. it because that's that study. And then there's other people who said they've done other studies. So yeah. it's like you, you can... It depends on what study you're going to look yeah. at. Yeah. Here's where I tackle this question from. Okay. Because if you do a circular argument with people who are for or against whatever, everybody's going to have their side. Everybody's going to yeah. have their opinions. Here, I go back to this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but for the good of his neighbor. For what eat whatever is sowed in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they say that, like, I know these. this is talking in the context of meat, um, even getting into the idol you know, meets and idols and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But I think Paul brings up a good principle here. He said, just because something may be lawful, I'm going to use a different word, doesn't mean it's permissible True. and doesn't mean it's profitable. And I think that in our life, instead of always trying to um, figure out, well, is this sin? Is this not? Because really when we always bring in the question, is this sin or not? Really what we're doing is we're looking for permiss- permission yeah. to do it. And we're seeing how far we can go with what we want to do yeah. without it becoming sin. Yeah. So we're really not concerned with what's right and wrong. We're concerned with what we can do and get away with it yeah. and still be okay in the vo- in the eyes of God. I think the question the question has to shift and say, what is permissible? What is profitable? What is edifying? Is what I'm doing building up others or is what I'm doing not building yeah. up each other? And so that's why I say all the time without hesitation – I believe if you're a pastor, a leader, an elder, a leader in the congregation, in the body of Christ, I don't think you should ever drink, yeah. period. Whether you are you believe it's sinful or not, I'm at this. I used to not be there, but I am there now because I think it's a stumbling block. And I think yeah. that you are. Put- well, I mean, just my thing, like you think about when they were sitting at the table and they ran out of wine. So I'm sitting there thinking, OK, if this wine was that potent and. And I'm not trying to get into the argument, but I'm just saying if it was that potent, they drank that much wine, they would probably be a little buzzed out a little bit if they drank that much. You know, I don't know how many people was at this wedding, so they, they maybe didn't have that much. But at the same time, they were wanting more. So Jesus turned the water into wine. But at the same time, how much do they drink? So if they're drinking three and four or five cups of wine, then then we're getting into a place that, hey, maybe they're – so that's where my argument is, is what really, what it was it fermented that much, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I, I do want to bring up, too, is I feel like 
some things like this, you know, that are in the gray area, like, we zone in on, now I understand, like, I don't think that, like, I think wine is a lot different than, like, hard liquor and other, because we don't see that really, like, wine is, like, you know, naturally fermented from grapes, stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, that other, other things, I don't, I have kind of different opinions on that. But, yeah. Um, but even when it comes to, like, like, food. Like, I think about that, like, being a stumbling block to somebody else. Yeah. Like, how many times do we, do we, oh my no, how many times, how many times do we offer, like, food that has, like, really bad chemicals in it True. that are hurting, like, are linked to cancer and we're giving it to each other? You know what I mean? So, I feel like sometimes, like, Christians pick and choose True, things yeah. that we want to focus and, like, fight for, but then we ignore other things sometimes. Yeah, but, I think, I think the question around alcohol Again, I'm going to go back to this. Is not about the sinfulness of it. I think it's the profitability and the edification of it. And uh, Greg Carwell said, um, pro- he sent me uh, Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. But I think it's important to note in Proverbs 20, verse 1, that he he's actually not calling it like he's not saying whoever drinks of it is a sinner. He's actually saying they're not wise. That's what that verse is saying. They're not wise. Uh And I think it goes back to the whole idea is what we're doing in our life. Like we, is it profitable? Like, I think that's the question we got to ask ourselves. And so is, is, is the issue of alcohol? Like, um, I, I think we always try to discern, is it sinful? Is it not yeah. sinful? Was it real juice or was it wine? Was it this or was it that? And that's the circular argument that yeah. always just keeps going around and around because you pretty much, honestly, I would say 95% of the time when I've engaged in debates about this or discussions about this, um, <clears throat> all right, when I've engaged in debates and whatever it is, conversations, I really don't like to argue about alcohol mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't have a passion about it at all. Yeah. Either way, um, but when I engage it, pretty much 95% of the time, the person on whoever's talking, they're already defined. They True. know what they believe. They know why they believe it. Yeah. And there's just this circular argument going back and forth. I think the question has to change with alcohol and other things. Is it profitable? Like Paul said, it may be lawful, but is it profitable? Is It, per- it may be permissible. It may be okay, but is it profitable? Yeah. And And so it it may be okay to say that word to somebody or to tell somebody something, but is it profitable? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to give out and divulge too much, but you know, um, Hannah was saying during the break and I won't say any context of it. It was just, you know, there's some things the Lord's having her stay silent on. Yeah. Is it permissible for her to go say stuff? Yes. But is it profitable? Yeah. That's what you got to, that's, I think the issue with alcohol, I think is I can't give you the answer what you should do. I think it's what you've got to pray into yeah. and you got to be, you got to trust the Holy Spirit to lead you into all wisdom and guidance. I think the now point blank, drunkenness is a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. There's no way around it. You can't nobody can twist the scripture there. Do not be drunk with wine, yeah. but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. True. Um and but, but I do think there's a wisdom question around this. I've always yeah, said Yeah, I this. like the wisdom. Mm-hmm. I've always said this. Answer. Most people that I've talked to, I'll ask them, if you can drink a glass of wine and not drink much after or, you know, whatever, can you do that? 
I, I've met a hundred people probably could do that. I, I mean, I've met a few, but not very few. Oh, I, I've met a lot, many. which, which, you know, I've, um, Calvinist and yeah. I know a lot of them. They tend to, they tend to be pretty open to it. Um, and so, hmm. and most of them I met, most of them I met have, they, they're going to believe it. So yeah. what, what, whatever I tell them, they're not, yeah. they're not going to listen to me and I'm not going to change their mind. True. But, um, and most of them would, would be able to just drink one glass of wine at dinner and, and then be, be done. okay with They're it. done. Like they, hmm. but they must like I think, I, but I think that, um, <clears throat> get drunk on the new wine problem solved. Uh, <laughs> um, Grape juice for me. But, Greg? No, it was Miss Lisa said that is good. Oh. <laughs> um, but I think the question really does have to revolve around profitability. I mean, like, but I think that question goes deeper than just alcohol. I think that goes with whatever we're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, even you can even take that into what Hannah was saying with our diet. It, you know, under the law, it may not have been, but Paul and them t- discuss now that like, hey, it's if you pray, if you do this, pray yeah. over it. All right. But just because it may be lawful for me to eat that now, is it profitable? Yeah. Is it edifying me? Is it building up my neighbor? Is it doing these? These are things, questions. And you really know what this is? Humility. Mm-hmm. This is learning to not, my life doesn't have to be just about what I want to do. Yeah. I serve a bigger purpose now, and that purpose is the kingdom of God. And I need to search my own heart and say, is what I'm doing right now, is it profiting me or is yeah. it profiting the kingdom? And everything we should do in our life should be a profit to the kingdom of God, and everything we should do is for the glory because that context of 1 Corinthians 10 is literally do all things for the glory of God. Yeah, yeah. That's the context. And so whatever you're doing, if it does not bring glory to God, regardless of its lawful or permissible if it's not bringing glory to God and honoring him in all things and pointing people to Jesus and telling them of his goodness and mm. showing him his greatness and showing them his grace it's not permissible I mean it's yeah. not profitable mm-hmm. and that's the question on the table for me when it concerning alcohol yeah that's just me I'm, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong but that's the question that focuses I for guess me I'm just that strong because I've got comparison people ask me all the time like I mean we got Christians who think it's okay to smoke marijuana i mean but we also have christians things okay to cuss that's true too and and so it's like all across the board where do we draw the line at the same time well we draw the line by allowing the holy spirit to cleanse us use us mold us shape us and we get into the word and if like for me this is just me yeah it's more clear about cussing in the word than it is how we deal with alcohol yeah Yeah, that's just me i mean I, i don't know how else to say it like because we we will say, well, there's one study that says this. There's another study that does this. Yeah. There's another study that says this. And all of them seem to have facts. All of them seem to have evidence of which one do I believe. True. Across the board, it's pretty it's pretty blunt. Let no perverted speech come out of your mouth. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's just, I don't know. Like, for me, it's, I don't know if I have a good answer on it. Because yeah. I've, I've read so much. I've done so much. And and I, I, I'm at this point where my my life, my 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 whole premise around alcohol is the profitability of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't think it's profitable. So what do you say to the people who about marijuana? Well, I mean, I we got to get to break, yeah. but, um, <laughs> and we, we can, come back. <laughs> well, I think that when we come back, we can discuss this farther, but I think the, I think the church has some working out to do with medical cases. Yeah. Um, I think recreational use is still prohibiting and impairing your thinking. Um, but then the argument comes up for some people that I've heard and been talked to because 
as a pastor, this is not the first time I'm engaged in this conversation by no means. They say, well, marijuana has less effect on your brain than alcohol is, which is a true statement in a lot of cases. And so uh, it's hard to deal with, but I think at the end of the day, it still impairs your thinking. But I'm going to look at you and I'm actually going to use the same argument for marijuana as I would alcohol. I don't know if a scripture that says thou shall not smoke that. Yeah. But I do know that there's a question to ask that Paul gives us a principle for. Even if it's okay for you to do it legally and it's lawful and permissible, is it profitable? How is this profiting the kingdom of God? How is this advancing the kingdom? How is this making you more Christ-like? How is this getting you to be? And I, now, I, I know we got to take a break. I heard a person the other day say, well, when I take a Campbellist or whatever it is, gummy or whatever it it helps me to focus on jesus it helps me focus because it calms my soul well to me you're using something to substitute the holy spirit and so i think you have to be cautious of that and i think it's still coming back to the question of these gray areas that we necessarily don't have per se like there's no book of deuteronomy that says (laughs) you cannot smoke this i think the question has to come back then how is this going to profit the kingdom of God? How does this make me more Christ-like? Can the Holy Spirit use this to conform me into the image of the Son? Does this point people to Jesus? Is this a testimony? Is this a witness? Am I declaring the goodness of God through what I'm doing? Yeah. Or am I going to lead people and create a stumbling block? Mm-hmm. I think the question sometimes in these gray areas have to go out the door, is it sin or not? And is it profitable? Yeah. What is this producing? Sure. And so that's just my opinion. This is... That's I mean that's not even box two radio views. This is Aaron Wilson views. All right. Well, well, that's actually Bible views because it's in the bio. It's in the scripture. It's so. Paul's views. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna take a break. We still gotta we still gotta answer this first trivia question. I know there's people listening about this point. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Wednesday question number one: What Philistine king uh, did David um, Philistine? I can't say this right today. What Philistine king? Did David seek refuge with when he fled from Saul? Maybe that's why they've answered the question. They don't know what I'm saying. 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Hmm. He said Philistine. He said Deuteronomo. Deuteronomo. In the book of Deuteronomo and the book of Jericho. He's getting that from Medea. Hallelujah. Your joy is coming back to you. Amen. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I serve a God who's more than enough, friend. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I'm telling you what, my God will make the impossible possible every single time. There's no sea that he won't split. There's no cancer he won't dry up. There's no diabetes he can't conquer. There's no heart disease bigger than my God. He is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. What is that power? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that has drenched and dwelt in me. And he's in me and he's flowing through you. And he's going to fill his body. I heard a preacher the other time say, I think the Holy Spirit wants his church back. Amen. Amen. And we just give it back to him. Hallelujah. Let's just preach a little while. Glory to God. And so what a day the Lord has made. And I just want to, I'm telling you what, somebody out there right now, you're going through a trial, you're going through a system situation, you have a, you have a diagnosis that you didn't expect. I'm telling you, God is more 
than able. Amen. We did have an answer for that trivia question finally, and it was such a blessing to hear from her. Uh, Miss Mary Royalty got that answer correct, and um, I'm we're I'm going to attempt to say that. If you think I couldn't say Philistine, wait till I say this. Akesh of Goth, 1 Samuel 21, 10, he was the king that David sought refuge from when he fled from Saul. So uh, I don't even know. We'll, um, we'll try. If somebody wants to answer the second one, I will try to answer the phone while I'm live on air. Um, well, I'll turn it over to all these great co-hosts in there. Besides Jacob. Um, but anyways, I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe that, uh, that's why they haven't been called. Because uh, you said you were in the room. That's true. Wednesday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying, which we are so thankful coming on board recently as an underwriter and sponsor of the Box 2 Radio Network. What king did Paul tell his conversion story to? What king did Paul tell his conversion story to? 270-257-2689. You can get your name in for this drawing for this two-week period. I don't know what we're drawing for yet. I don't know how I don't have this yet, but I don't. Um, and so we are thankful. I think the last winner we had was Miss Pam Davis a couple weeks ago. She won a gift card to the storehouse, and we'll have to get that to her when she gets back from Louisiana. And um, it's always a joy. I know she kind of goes back and forth, but when she's here, she's at church. And so I'll get it to her on a Sunday morning. But I got a call coming in. Uh-oh. So take us off in the room over there, guys. I think, Jacob, you have a scripture for us? Uh, yeah, I think I've lost it. Oh, let me find it first again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's been a good conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are real things I think yeah. the church needs to talk about. It's not always fun to talk about. No, but we're, we're shedding light on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, canceling out the lies and the confusion mm-hmm. surrounding it. And sharpening each other by sp- talking about it. Yeah. You know? Amen. Yeah. God's good. And we should be able to talk about these things without yes. arguing with mm-hmm. one another. That's what I love about Mornings with Box 2 is that um, we can talk about hard things without thro- flipping the table and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, fighting each other. Like. Uh-huh. We can we can still love each other and mm-hmm. talk about things that we might disagree with or yeah. we might see things differently, but we all love the same Jesus. We do, and we we, and want we all have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and yep. we pray about these certain issues, and the Holy Spirit, you know, talks to you, and you have different convictions, and you have different convictions, but you you do with the Lord. It's First uh, Peter, one thirteen. Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought to you and to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it, is, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of person judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the blood, precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I just, mm. that's good. I mean, it's, mm. you need to be holy. And yeah. whatever, um, I believe that we just, he's, he's, the, he's the holy one. Mm-hmm. Nothing we think or uh, or we think believe or whatever. It's he is holy. So whatever he is showing you, if there's something in your life that is not according to what he likens for you, you mm-hmm. need to remove it out of your life. Yeah. And he'll keep doing. It. The closer you get to Jesus, it's yeah. almost like 
things begin to just come, come off, off of you. Yeah, because yep. when you're pursuing Jesus, you're pursuing holiness. Yeah. Yep. Because he is holy. Yeah. Hallelujah. We do have an answer for this trivia question. I want to get this out, and then we'll get back to he is holy. Um, <laughs> what king did Paul tell his conversion story? King Agrippa. Acts 26, and Pastor Billy got that correct. We mm. love Pastor Billy. Goodness gracious, God's stirring up some. He's stirring it up. That's all I can say. I mean, oh, you just, uh, September is the big three-day conference, but I guarantee you we, we got some stuff going on before then. So, um, by Glory. God's grace. I, I don't know. I was just I keep thinking about whales, digging up whales, that song that Heather sings. Yep. We're digging up deep, deep wells. We're digging up deep, deep waters. I love well, it. Jamie knows about that. <laughs> With yeah. the, the miner's cap and the pickaxe, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, digging yeah. the wells. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, hallelujah. Well, we're talking about, you're talking about God is holy, and I was on the phone for some of it, so I, didn't, I may have missed a little bit of it, but I caught the end of it and talking about he is holy. And once we see him as holy, is that is that was that the way y'all was going? Yeah. Um, and I think what the body of Christ has to do is we have to get back to where we elevate our view of who he is. Yes. And once we elevate our view of him, then who we are becomes elevated mm. because we become like him. True. If we behold him, and our problem is we try to behold him in a de-elevated view and try to bring him down to where we're at mm. instead of trying to get to where he's at. Mm. And so, and it never works like that. Mm. A.W. Tozer said in his book, Knowledge of the Holy, that the problem with the church is that our view of God it's mm. it's not God himself. It's not even it's not even what we're doing always. It's our view of him because our view of him sets the pace. And True. and so if we see him correctly, mm. then we'll follow him correctly. But if mm. we don't see him correctly, we can never reflect him wholly. Mm. And so I think the I think the thing that has to elevate is our view of him. Yeah. And what we understand about him. And so if we really understand how holy he is, then we really will understand his glory, his holiness, his awesomeness, his power, and that nothing is impossible for our God. Well, I remember Damon said that, I've probably said this several times, but it just it's something that sticks with me. And I remember him saying, a lot of the people in the church is how, much, how close to hell we can get and still make it into heaven. Mm-hmm. He says, how about we say how close to God we can get and still be on earth? Yeah. And I think that's the point that I believe when you look at Enoch, who walked with God until he was not. I mean, he was so close to Jesus. He felt his heartbeat. He was just like, I mean, that to me is so awesome because he was so close to God and he became nothing. You know, he's just like yeah. translated. And so I'm just sitting there thinking that to me, when you get that close to the Father, nothing in this life is the, the cares of this world, the, the things that we um, let sometimes get in between us and God, I think those things begin to just become distant because when you're after his heart and you're after holiness, you begin to see really how much you're not holy when you see his true holiness. I mean, I've seen ministers sit up there and say that they're holy, and I always said be careful for people who always say that they're so holy because the thing of it is I'm not saying we can't be but when you have to proclaim it to everybody, you better be careful because you, you know, where, where are you walking at? Where are you at? Because he is the ultimate holy one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the scripture says, anything, our righteousness is filthy rags. So we strive to be like him. No matter how close we think we've made it, 
we still always strive to be holy. Mm -hmm. Even if we're doing everything, the will of the Father, and we're doing it and we're going after what he wants us to do, and we're doing it pretty pretty good, um, he still, your holiness is nothing compared to his. Amen. And yeah. it's just, it's amazing just how we always, the, the need that we'll always have until, until we leave this body or we leave this earth, we always should have that inkling that you're not Jesus. You're not God. Mm. You're not God. We always are in need of him. Yeah. Now we can become like him, but I think sometimes people try to run past him and they're the ones thinking that they're God. And that's the mm. dangerous place to oh, be. Oh yeah. Pride. Yeah. Uh, Miss Gail has sent me a scripture <clears throat> in Romans 14. Um, it says, do not forsake, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. Mm. But whoever has doubts, in, wh whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Mm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. You can uh, you can definitely always count on Miss Gail to send you a good scripture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's Amen. a faithful woman of God. Mm -hmm. Yep. We love Miss Gail here mm -hmm. for sure. Love and her. so I always miss her at church when she's oh, not no. there. She, mm -hmm. she just has such a good... Good heart about her. Well, she's going to be at this woman's conference. She's going to be at the woman's <laughs> conference. She's bringing her fire. Bringing the fire. Amen. Yeah, that's right where the organ goes in. Oh, I said fire. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh. another scripture I want to read. Amen. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. I, I can't hear that and not think of Roger. I just can't. Ever since the shared thorn. <laughs> that's it right there. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> oh, well, I'm reading this scripture. Go for it. it. Okay, first, or sorry, Second Peter 1, 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted us to his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, mm. having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for if these qualities are yours and are increasing they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ mm. that's good 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 love it mm. Mm, love it love it amen well, that's good stuff. We're actually running out of time today. Um, just a few more minutes. I'm excited for tomorrow. We have Senator uh, Steve Meredith going to be on from 830 to 9 with us tomorrow talking and chatting a little bit about some things going on on his side of the state. And Well, he's on our side of the state, but what he does for the state of Kentucky. I appreciate him and appreciate his willingness to come on. Greg Carwell is going to be on with us in the morning. Always love Brother Greg and um, all that he brings to the table. He... Uh, he thinks a lot like me. We're squirrel guys, so we'll just be driving down the road and see six squirrels that have nothing to do with real squirrels. But it's like, uh, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? <laughs> um, I'm, people, people think I'm crazy until you actually get around me. 
I could walk from the the radio station to our school over here, and by the time I get there, I can literally think of three walls I'm going to put up, two walls I'm going to tear down, six things I'm going to do, and that was all things I never thought about before. I'm a squirrel guy at heart, and um, and so it's just I don't know, it's just it's how we're built, and so I'll uh, always love Thursdays with Brother Greg, uh, Jacob. I appreciate you coming in this morning appreciate on this beautiful day. Jamie's on with us every Wednesday now, and I told her she can come in anytime she wants. Um, <laughs> she slept for the first hour. I'm not kidding y'all. She was in the, uh, she no, was snoring. I had to cut wow. her mic off. I had to cut her mic off. Um, she was soaking it up. Uh, <laughs> She was thinking about her her new boyfriend. Um, she was listening to Pastor Pillow. Pastor, oh, Pastor Pillow <laughs> preaches some good sermons. Um, <laughs> he's a good I preacher. I love that. I love that. He's a good preacher. You ever listen to Pastor um, Pillow, Jacob? Who? Pastor Pillow. Pastor Pillow. I've heard of him. You never heard of Pastor Pillow? No. Well, you oh. listen to him every night. Yeah, he preaches some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Pastor Pillow. <laughs> When you I'm, when you're thinking pillow, I'm thinking the my pillow guy. You know? Well, like <laughs> when we was in college, and the college kids never oversleep. All right, they never oversleep. They're always very diligent, and um, so. But when one would oversleep for chapel or church or class, they would come in and say, "Sorry, we were listening to Pastor Pillow," because we were a Christian university. So um, <laughs> it was just kind of the same thing. Um, Pastor Pillow, he he prophesies really good, and so. <laughs> Well, we are out for this day. Uh, Fifteen second closing words from anybody, brother Piles. It's real. It's real. <laughs> it's real. I, I miss Anna. Him. I miss him. Well, Jesus is amazing. He's doing great yes, things. Pray that all of you talk to him today, worship him today, make his name great today. Mm-hmm. Be Witness, in that secret place. Witness to somebody today. We love you all. Amen, Jamie. Well, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Oh, yeah. Get ready. Jesus is coming. People, Come on. get ready. Get ready. Hallelujah. For this move of God, get ready. Hallelujah. Well, we're out of here for this day. We love you guys so much. Stay tuned as Karen Shrewsbury and uh, Jeannie Sherman coming on with Raise a Hallelujah. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.